Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to the Horticulture Week podcast. I'm Matthew Appleby, editor of Horticulture Week, and today I'm with Periwood's Communications and HR Director, Hannah Powell. Now, Periwood Tiptree is a garden centre and nursery in Essex, and Periwood Sudbury is a garden centre in Suffolk. But we're here today to talk about Hannah's new book, which is called The Cactus Surgeon. So, welcome, Hannah, and what is a cactus surgeon? Thank you, Matt. Um, a cactus surgeon is what I wanted to be when I was six, which is a, um, a fleeting career choice that didn't amount to anything. <laughs> I used to sit in the kitchen of our house, which was right next to the garden centre at Periwood Tiptree, and I used to think that maybe I could be a cactus surgeon. I used to fix limbs of cactus back on with cocktail sticks, gouge out rotten bits of cactus. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's it. All right, OK. So... More importantly, what is the book about? Sure. So the, the Cactus Surgeon is all about using nature to fix a faulty brain. It's a nature and health memoir. It tells the story of how I grew up in rural Essex, living next to a garden centre, very connected with the seasons. I then moved to London after university and work hard, play hard. It's Naughty's London. And I suffer burnout and something called a functional neurological disorder. And really had to reconnect to nature as part of my my healing um, from that Um, got out into nature um, every day when I was trying to recover um, and then moved back out to rural Essex back into the family business and it's really charting my journey with nature and the what nature's brought to me during my life really and how it's benefited my health at various times. So in in London you, you kind of with nature deficit and moving back to the country that um that that helped but you had to work that out for yourself didn't you yes I don't think I think you take things for granted certainly growing up I didn't realize how important nature and plants were to me 
you know, it was very normal for us as a family to comment on the seasons, to comment on what was growing, what wasn't, what was the weather doing, what were the animals and the birds doing. And then, you know, ended up in London. And there is absolutely there is nature in London, especially if you seek it out. But it's not in your face as much. And I think I'd become a bit disconnected from it, which which is fine. But then when I was ill, I gravitated back to it and it's only now that I look back that I realize the importance of of doing that it's easy in hindsight isn't it but but I did I gravitated towards it I found myself getting out of the flat you know I was off work for six months I was quite poorly but yet getting out of the flat every day to take one good photo became my the kind of thing that got me out of bed that distracted me from my negative thoughts you know when you're unwell and you've got an uncertain health um, it's 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 easy for your brain to become focused on that, and I I needed a break from that. I needed something more positive, and nature became that thing. I enjoyed reading about you growing up in the in the garden centre, and then entertaining tales about your London PR life, and then obviously as we've heard, it all all went wrong. But let's go go back a bit. What was it like growing up in 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 a garden centre? <laughs> oh goodness, it was. In many ways, it was idyllic. You know, we had um, several acres of land. There was myself, my mum and dad, my two younger brothers, Simon and Tristan, and we had the run of the place. So I would get home from school, I would get changed, and then I would go outside and find out what was going on. I was known as Dad's shadow for quite a while. I used to love following him around the business. But of course, now I realise that I did that because he worked seven days a week. So you know, if you wanted to spend time with him, you had to go and work with him. <laughs> so I would get in the van with him and we would travel around East Anglia, going to around to nurseries, picking up stock, um, you know, picking up conifers um, from Jacket Store Valley Nurseries or going to Battles Bridge to pick up polystyrene trays. You know, I just did all those things, things with him. Uh, and we would build dens in the ditches, um, you know, the team that we had then was like extended family. So if I wasn't hanging out with mum or dad, I would go and find one of them, find out what they were doing. Uh, there was a few hairy moments a lot along the way. We had an old truck we used to rag around the field in and um, I came a bit close to the greenhouse more than, one, <laughs> more than once. But, you know, it was it was great fun. I think on the flip side, um, I did feel different from my classmates. I felt like they were living normal lives and uh, you know, as a kid, you want to fit in with other people, don't you? Um, so that was sometimes challenging. I remember telling mum and dad that I wanted to live in a cul-de-sac because I really liked the idea of being able to go out of your door and there'd just be other children to play with. Um, but, you know, looking back, you know, broadly positive experience, really, and a lot of fun. I'm sure those stories will echo with many people. Um, and then you um, did a horticulture degree. So tell us about that. Yes. Yes, so I always loved learning about the plant names. My um, dad's mum, Mary, who lived at Perrywood before we did, you know, she would always teach me the wildflower names, walking up and down the footpaths. Uh, Mum and dad were very knowledgeable, and it just became something that I was very interested in. So I didn't really consider doing anything else, and it wasn't really, there was no plan to it. I didn't plan to come back to Periwood or not not to come back to Periwood. I just knew I wanted to study plants, so I went to Reading University, um, and it was interesting. You know, there was lessons where I was sitting there thinking, 
oh my goodness, I did this when I was six, you know, we started sowing sweet pea seeds in one lesson and I'm thinking, oh, you know, I've been doing this for years. Uh, but there was other things that obviously I had I had no idea about, you know, we did statistics and entomology and soil science and all, all of those kind of things. So it, it was it was great, but very different. You know, I'd already learned an awful lot from, from growing up, up at the garden centre. So um, yeah, it was a it was a different kind of learning experience. But then the industry lost you to to PR. Well, how did that happen? I know. Well, all my friends were living in cities, and all the horticulture jobs were out in the countryside. And you know, we didn't have um, all the social media and smartphones and Zoom and whatever back then. So I wanted to be in the thick of it. So I just moved to London, and I took temporary jobs for a year. I actually did a two week work experience place with placement at Horticultural Week so I have got my name byline in Horticultural Week magazine. Hannah would have you back anytime. <laughs> Thank you very much um, and I worked I tried to get a bit close to horticulture I think I did some temping work for the National Trust and the RHS but then I fell into a job working for a PR agency and I found writing um, I, I'll be honest I didn't really enjoy phoning up the journalist cold calling as it was back then which we used to have to do for you know hours hours a day but I absolutely loved the writing um, and I loved the client relationships. I loved working in partnership with people. Um, so that became a career for me. And then I went and worked for an organisation promoting entrepreneurship. So we were encouraging young people to set up businesses. And I obviously had my own experience of my mum and dad running a business. So it all kind of came together and then, yeah, ended up back at Perrywood. Yeah, it ended up back at Perrywood and... And as as we as we've heard, and um, you've learned a lot of life life lessons, which can now be applied um, in your role at Perrywood. So, can you tell us how you're helping the staff at, at Perrywood, particularly with their mental health? Sure. So, I think the fact that I've had my own health challenges makes me have far more empathy um, for maybe what our staff members are going through, and we've always had that family mentality like I said growing up the family really were part of the extended family and whilst the team might be more than 200 people now we still really care about them so some of the things I've brought in are things um, alongside um, a great HR manager is an employee assistance program so that's a helpline where employees can ring up 24 7 365 days a year and get access to either a legal um, help or counselling so they can have a certain amount of free counselling sessions every year and that gives them just um, an extra support network and also helps their managers as well so if a manager if someone comes to a manager and says you know I'm really struggling with this it gives somewhere that they can signpost them to for help uh, we do occupational health um, referrals which are really good at helping us understand how somebody's mental or physical health is impacting on their ability to do their job what else do we do? We do um, mental health first aid training, which was just started last year. And we just started doing physio screenings as well. So that's been quite interesting. You know, we've got quite a lot of people on their feet all day doing physical roles. So what we wanted to do was try and prevent some of the injuries that they get. Um, and, you know, for them, and also that helps us as a business because it will reduce um, sick days. So a physio came in with a, some bits of kit and they had to do all kinds of exercises that were all filmed with these special cameras and then it gives them a report of maybe where in their body their muscles might be weaker so it might say right your um, left shoulder you know you're in danger of getting an injury there here's some exercises to do as a result so it's just a whole 
suite of things, whatever we can come up with um, to really aid their well-being. Menopause. We've had a conversation about menopause the last couple of weeks because it's World Menopause Day. And we've given out some free books to people that are interested in, you know, we want to empower them to uh, improve their health. So, yeah, it's really exciting. It's, I think I'm really passionate about it, as you can probably tell. No, well, it's so important in times when you know, staff ret- retention is so important, when, it, when mm. it, it is difficult to get staff and people want to keep hold of, of their good exactly. staff. But what sort yeah, of... Yeah, re- and I think... Sorry. Sorry, I was, I was going to say, Matt, that with minimum wage rises, um, you know, continuing, you know, we can't use, always use pay to set ourselves apart from other employers. So actually, some of these well-being initiatives are the reason that someone might come to us in the first place, or might stay rather than going somewhere else. No, no, indeed. But what's the reaction been from the family and and beyond to what you've introduced here? Yeah, it's really positive. I think um, sometimes I have to work hard to persuade people of the budget that we're going to spend. But a lot of these initiatives don't cost a lot, and when you think about what sick days will cost you or recruitment costs you you know if one person leaves depending on the role you might might spend hundreds or thousands of pounds on recruiting back into that role so actually you know if you can invest some money and reduce those bills um, then that's got to be a good thing so yeah broadly positive and the thing that I found is that telling my story has been really important to encourage other people to come forward and say that they're struggling as well so I think as leaders Um, in the industry we all have a responsibility to say it's okay not to be okay what do you do ongoing to keep yourself okay oh goodness good question so my approach to my health since i've been ill is always about kind of marginal health gains so what can i do to constantly make sure I'm okay. My natural behaviour is to throw myself into work and opportunities. Um, you know, some people just laze around in lockdown and watch TV. I wrote a book, you know, that kind of tell, tells you something. I'm always wanting to do more, but I have to balance that with actually what is my body and my, my mind capable of doing. So I sometimes have, I have to say no to things. I have to be quite careful with my diary, not to make sure I have too many things in there. I also have a young daughter, so I want to make sure I'm around for her as well. Um, I still don't, I have never gone back to drinking much alcohol. Um, I don't drink caffeine. You know, I, I, I try and keep fit. I wouldn't say I was particularly fit. I'm fairly unfit, actually. It's something I need to work on. But, you know, I'm always looking at ways to ways to improve. Um, and I will tell people if I feel like things are going the wrong way, I will I will speak up and say, you know, things are not good at the moment. I need a bit of support. And one of the big things in, in, in the book, which we talked a little bit about, is cherishing the simple pleasures of nature. So for a very unmindful person like me, how do you do that? <laughs> so I think lots of people go out into nature and go for walks, go to the beach, etc., But do you really take the time to slow down and look at it? You know, we're lucky, those of us that work in the industry, a lot of us are working in garden centres and nurseries. Again, we're surrounded by nature. But actually, it's about just giving ourselves permission just to slow down. It might even be for a few seconds, a few minutes, and really notice what's going on around us. So one activity you can do is to think of um, five things you can see, four things you can hear, three things you can touch, 
two things you can smell, and I can't remember what the last thing is. What's another sense? I don't know. Anyway, but, you know, really engage with the senses. And if you do this with children, if people have got children, it's really powerful. Children really um, engage with this. And I find that my daughter just actively does that on a walk now. She'll say, oh, mummy, can you hear Can you hear that bird? Look at that amazing leaf. You know, it's noticing those those small details. Um, maybe is there one taste? I guess I, I guess taste. down your lot. Yes, yes. No, taste is the other one. Obviously, careful in wild areas. But yeah, if you're in the garden, then... <laughs> I think I think I'm doing it, Hannah. I go down the allotment. I well, see what I can go, smell and taste yeah, and touch yeah. and all those things, but no, probably without good. even realising it. And yeah, when and... I come back from the allotment, I do feel better. Well, there you go. You see, so you're doing it already. Ah, oh, well, I don't know though. I could, I, could, I could probably could do think think a bit more about it. But anyway, let's let's just move on a bit. Um, your um, business is busy and has grown a lot. Um, what's what's been happening in Perrywood in the last couple of years? It's been an interesting time because we've got the new the new centre at Sudbury, so that's we've had that for three years now. Um, last month, um, which has flown by in a, in a lot of ways, but that business over there when we took it over, it was just under a million pound turnover. It's now doing three, three and a half million pound turnover. So there's a lot going on over there. We've got planning permission for our new garden centre over there. So um, we're starting to clear the site. Uh, building works will hopefully start um, in the new year. And then at Tiptree, there's no big changes happening, um, but it's about maintaining those standards, maintaining that customer service, um, keeping the team happy and healthy, supporting them in, in their efforts. Um, you know, we've introduced a couple of things like the compost drive-through, which has been really successful. So they, that came out of necessity in, in lockdown, but it's something that will be a permanent feature moving forward. We also set up a satellite um, cafe in, in our greenhouse. Um, our coffee shop at Tiptree is too small for the site, but it's in the middle of the site, so it's, we can't expand it anymore. We've been talking about doing a satellite offering for a while, but the pandemic and the, the changes in customer behaviour meant that it really pushed us to to try that. And again, that's been a success and, and we'll be staying. So yeah, lots going on. Always lots going on. We, you know, one of our values is to try and be the best that we can be. So we're always looking for, for ways to improve. We, we're not a business that stands still. No, indeed. In the book, it does talk a bit about um, your striving to rise up the uh, garden centre rankings. So how, oh, yes. how do you do that? How do we do that? Um, well... I think part of it's learning about what the, um, you know, if, if you look at the GCA kind of league table, there's an inspection process and it's learning what they're after and it's making that work for our business and for our customers as well. And they've all, all been positive changes. So um, improving our signage, our customer service, um, improving our cleanliness standards, you know, all of those kind of things over the last 10 years at Tiptree. And then at Sudbury, because it's, an older building um, until we get the new building you know there's a limit you can patch things up in an older building but it's, it's harder to do so it's more around um, you know the merchandising um, and again the customer experience etc so again it's it comes back to this thing of lots of kind of marginal gains it's not one big thing it's being really good at a lot of things so I think one thing we've always done quite well in the inspection is that we've got good scores for a lot of departments um, whereas maybe some other centres have got, you know, they do really well at catering or really well at plants, but we're we're pretty good a, across the board. There's always, you know, some that we want to work on, but we get good consistent marks um, ac- 
across the piece. So, yeah. Thank you for that, Hannah. Now we're just going to sign off by asking you a bit of a quirky question about um, your desert island plants. If you were marooned on a desert island, what would you take? So I suppose it's got to be a plant that could grow on a desert island. Um, So that's going to be a challenge. I would probably say um, uh, uh, something like an agave, agave, depending on how you pronounce it. Something, something like that that's quite cool and quite textural. I'm quite into sculptural plants, plants that you can draw. Will I have drawing things there? I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't have to draw the sand. <laughs> kind of, but yeah, some, something that's a prickly friend will have. Brilliant. Oh, well, thank you very much to Hannah Powell. And Hannah's book, The Cactus Surgeon, is out now. And make sure you get hold of one because I really enjoyed reading it. And make sure you uh, never miss a Horticulture Week podcast. You can subscribe to or follow Horticulture Week podcasts via Apple iTunes, Spotify or Google Podcasts or your preferred podcast platform. And to find more podcasts at Hort Week, look at hortweek.com forward slash podcast. So thanks once again to Hannah Powell, the cactus surgeon from Perrywood. I'm Matthew Appleby and goodbye until next time. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.